Good evening. I'm Andy Viano, a staff writer at the Flathead Beacon. Today is Wednesday, March 18th, and this is our daily update on the novel coronavirus and its impact on the Flathead Valley. Today, senior writer Tristan Scott talked with Kalispell Regional Healthcare's chief medical officer, Dr. Doug Nelson, and we'll have excerpts of that interview in just a moment. I do want to remind you that all of our coronavirus coverage is available free on our website, flatheadbeacon.com, and that coverage is updated constantly as more news develops. This podcast and all of our work is also made possible by the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. You can join the club for as little as $5 per month to help secure the future of independent journalism in the Flathead Valley. More information is available at beaconeditorsclub.com. I'll be back at the end of the episode with the latest news and updates, but now here's Tristan Scott with Dr. Doug Nelson, an interview we recorded via Skype earlier today. Dr. Nelson, we're here today talking about the outbreak of COVID-19. And although we have no confirmed cases in Flathead County, it seems inevitable that positive tests will begin to show up here soon. Wondering, are you developing standards for the use of your test kits on patients? And, and how many test kits do you have currently? I imagine that, uh, that that is a finite number. That's correct. That, that has been an issue in the uh across the country and in the state of Montana. Currently, uh, latest intel I heard I received was that we have about a thousand test kits that are available in the state of Montana currently. That's actually more than we had a few days ago. Those are controlled by the, the Department of Public Health in Montana, and there are fairly specific testing criteria which we've been which follow what are the Centers for Disease Control or CDC guidelines regard to that. And we've been adhering to those guidelines. Now, if a person is exhibiting symptoms that align with COVID-19, how should they care for themselves at home? What we and others are recommending across the country are that if you have a mild respiratory illness, if you have a cough and a fever, but you feel okay, not deathly ill, recommending that people stay at home, self-quarantine, use uh, many of the treatments that our mothers told us when we were young, drink plenty of fluids, get plenty of rest, eat well, and watch yourself, self-monitor. If you get other symptoms, if you're just deathly ill, you know, you're super weak, you can't get around, you feel like you're dehydrated, or in particular, if you're, if you're getting progressive respiratory symptoms, in particular shortness of breath, that's when you need to seek medical care. Uh, and we have an, sort of an algorithmic approach to, for recommendations for folks if they do get to the point where they're having those more severe symptoms. If you're just worried that you're ill and feel like you need to be assessed by a medical professional, we have now two clinics set up that are specifically designated for people with respiratory illness to go be evaluated at. The idea being is that we don't want every person who's sick with these type of complaints go to every clinic or we're going to spread the infection when and if it arrives here in Kalispell. So we've set up clinics at the Family Health Care Walk-In Clinic, which is at 1287 Burns Way in Kalispell and another clinic up at what used to be the Flathead Valley Orthopedic Building Annex, which is in Whitefish, Montana. Those are both designated sites that we've set up. They're operational now for people who have concerns about COVID-19 or respiratory illness to go and be assessed. If you're short of breath, you have these symptoms, fever, cough, and you're short of breath, then our advice is to go to the 
yeah, preferentially the Kalispell Regional Medical Center emergency room, but if you can't if you can't get there, then the North Valley emergency room to be evaluated. One of the most alarming things we're hearing is that unless we can slow the spread of the pandemic, that hospitals could be overwhelmed. And and so I'm wondering if you could just expand a little bit on what KRH is doing to prepare for that kind of scenario. Well, I mean, the uh, uh, that is a possibility. You know, if, if there's a rapidly expanding epidemic and lots of people get sick at the same time, that is the potential anywhere in the United States or in the world. There's the potential to overwhelm the the resources of the healthcare system to take care of the of the small minority of people that really do get sick, very critically ill. We think from the information that we've had that that's less than 5% of people that get the illness have really significant illness that require hospitalization or more advanced care. But that, you know, again, particularly if those people all got sick at the same time, that could that could overwhelm any healthcare system. So the approach nationally and what we've been doing here at Kalispell Regional is to try to what's called flatten the curve. Rather than having a peak of people who get sick all at the same time, the idea is to so-called flatten the curve where you decrease spread of the virus amongst the population and so that hopefully only a, a smaller number of people get sick at the same time. And so all the things that I think all of us have heard about nationally and that we're certainly working very actively here at Kalispell Regional are to avoid large groups of people, to do everything we can to try to slow the spread of infection. So wash your hands, cover your cough, stay home if you're sick, stay away from people who are ill, certainly stay out of large groups, avoid areas where we know the virus is, is epidemic, like the Seattle area, New York, you know, certainly uh, avoiding travel and, uh, and large group gatherings. I'm wondering how you're preparing to make space for those cases that are severe and do require hospitalization. And so I'm thinking about things like beds, yep. uh, ICU capacity. Sure, yeah, we, like I said, we've been, uh, we've been limiting our non-essential hospitalizations in, in large part by limiting our elective surgeries right now. And we currently have plenty of bed capacity. In our facilities in, at Kalispell Regional Medical Center, we had, have 18 adult intensive care unit beds but we also have an additional 12 unit, our, our old ICU, what's called Two West, has an additional 12 beds. We've uh, made specific plans for use of those facilities for, for the sickest of the sick if needed, you know, those who need uh, a, a ventilator. We also have additional capacity with anesthesia ventilators in our operating rooms, both at Kalispell Regional, the Health Center, and at North Valley Hospital. North Valley Hospital also has a couple of special care unit beds that the ventilator could be used. We have capacity as well at our Montana Children's Medical Center, our, uh, which is our children's facility. But again, adults and particularly older adults tend to be more severely affected. So we could potentially recruit some of those, those intensive care unit beds at Montana Children's for use if we have an outbreak. Uh, we've even looked at some of our current non-intensive care unit facilities like our what's called our IMC or intermediate care unit has 16 beds and we could potentially house patients on ventilators in, in that in that uh, setting as well. You know, in other parts of the world like like Italy, we're hearing stories about healthcare professionals at facilities that are overwhelmed and they're having to make these extremely difficult decisions about what patients to care for and what level of care to offer. How do you prepare staff to make those difficult decisions? And do you anticipate that degree arriving in Montana? 
It's difficult to know what to anticipate. Again, we're fortunate in our area, the Platte Valley, to have had no documented cases yet, and we've had no hospitalized patients, but we're certainly making preparations for even the worst case scenario. And a lot of that includes, uh, you know, making sure that we have uh, appropriate advanced directives for some of our sickest and at most most at risk patients, in particular, the residents of Brendan House, for example, you know, to make sure that we know, hey, you know, if you get really sick, Mr. Jones, do you want to, do you, would you want to go to the hospital? Would you want to be on a ventilator if that was needed? Or alternatively, would you, uh, would you desire a lower level of care? And that's not to try to force people into that, uh, that scenario, but in particular to know, make sure that we know what their true wishes that that's been that those detailed discussions have been have occurred. The other thing that we're working on developing is we have an ethics committee as part of our hospital structure that has come uh, into use a number of times uh, for other questions. But uh, it, we're also we've uh, gotten some appropriate direction from a legal consulting firm about if we do get to that situation like they've had in Italy, where we're needing to make really hard decisions about who should receive care. Uh, that we have an appropriate structure to be able to do that in an organized and ethical way that will have the best interests of our patients and our population in mind as we as we make those decisions. We certainly hope we're never going to have to make those decisions, but again, we're trying to make uh, plans for every contingency, basically. And before we end, I just want to circle back to the importance of social distancing, because I think that's where people are seeing the most immediate impacts on their daily lives. And I think the social learning curve is very steep here, but maybe you could just describe how this virus spreads, not just yep. through coughing and, and droplets and sneezing, but actually lives on surfaces. No, that's true. Uh, you know, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult to control virus. It's very infectious. It does appear to spread primarily through coughing, sneezing, and so-called aerosolized droplet spread. So in particular, if you're around a person who's coughing and sneezing and spread, but it can also exist on surfaces. And there's more information that's coming out of that. It, it lasts perhaps as long as three hours in an aerosolized situation and on surfaces can last up to three days on on particularly plastic or hard surfaces. So it's important to, again, stay away from sick people, cover your cough, cough or sneeze into your elbow if, if, you're, if you're coughing or sneezing. Stay away from other people if you're sick. Don't touch your face, again, because if you touch a table that has been sneezed on by somebody with COVID-19, you can potentially pick it up with your hand and then touch your eye or your mouth or your eye or your nose and become infected in that way. So those are important sort of public health things. You know, I think Americans, we've been a little slow, honestly, to really aggressively get the social distancing part down. I mean, it's escalated a ton over this last last week in America, but we should not be gathering in, in groups larger than 10 people. We should not be going out to public areas and, uh, and congregating together. Honestly, looking at the Flathead Valley, we should not be getting on airplanes and flying to places for spring break. I mean, I saw a picture last night of a bunch of college students on a beach somewhere in Florida. I thought, man, that is the last thing we need as a, as a country. And honestly, the last thing we need in the Flathead Valley, since we've been blessed not to have 
infection identified here yet is a bunch of people flying off to other places that have more that have established COVID-19 there uh, for spring break and then coming back here and bringing it bringing it back. I know that sounds kind of draconian, but this is a serious deal. I mean, this is something that if we're smart about it now, we can prevent a lot of heartache down the down the road. Dr. Nelson, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Here's the latest on the novel coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, as of 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday, March 18th. Governor Steve Bullock expanded telemedicine services for Montana Medicaid patients effective Friday, March 20th. The new policies will allow patients and providers to communicate over the phone or online in an effort to prevent unnecessary exposure to COVID-19. On Tuesday, the governor also announced a plan to pay for tests and treatments for uninsured Montanans affected by the coronavirus. The Flathead County Commission on Wednesday declared a state of emergency, freeing up access to special funding from local, state, and federal resources if and when a case of COVID-19 is detected here. Also on Wednesday, Glacier National Park announced it was closing the Apgar Visitor Center and Bookstore effective on March 21st and keeping those locations closed indefinitely. The Interior Department also announced all entrance fees will be suspended at national parks throughout the country until further notice. The Apgar, Lake McDonald, and St. Mary areas in Glacier Park are still open at this time. And the U.S. and Canadian governments announced jointly that they will be temporarily closing the border between the two countries for all but essential travel. President Trump added on Twitter that decision would not affect the flow of trade between the two countries. Finally, two more cases of COVID-19 were detected in Gallatin County Wednesday morning, bringing the state's total to 10 in the week since the virus was first detected here. Learn more about all of these stories at flatheadbeacon.com. If you have questions about the coronavirus that you would like answered on this podcast in the coming days, visit the Flathead Beacon on Facebook or email questions to andy at flatheadbeacon.com. Thanks for listening.